Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, February 15th. Can Justin Trudeau right the liberal ship, or is he what is sinking the party? We catch up with Danielle Belland, professor of political science at McGill University, to discuss the current downward spiral of the federal liberal party and what, if anything, Justin Trudeau can do to turn things around. Next, according to Stats Canada, the number of people registering for apprenticeships is the highest it's been since 2014. We talk about the surge in enrollment and Canada's need for carpenters, electricians, and other skilled trades with Jim Sautner. Sates Dean of Apprenticeship. And finally, registration is now open and spots will be filling up quickly for Sport Calgary's All Sport One City event. We get all the details on this popular event with former Olympian and CEO of Sport Calgary, Katrina LeMay Dome. What will it take for Justin Trudeau and the federal government to regain the support of Canadians ahead of an election in 2025? Joining us to discuss the state of federal politics in Canada is Daniel, uh, Daniel Bellon, professor of political science at McGill University. Good morning to you, professor. Good morning. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you for being here. So just going to start with, in general terms, your Q, uh, current view of the state of federal politics in Canada. What are you seeing, Daniel? Well, we, you know, we have a minority parliament and a government that uh, is uh, facing a lot of challenges, uh, a prime minister that's uh, unpopular and uh, a liberal party of Canada that's really trailing uh, well behind the conservatives in the polls. And we have a, a, a supply and confidence agreement with between the, NP, the NDP and the liberals that's uh, really on life support right now. And so I think that uh, there is a, uh, I would say it's a, it's a very difficult situation for, for, for the government. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we know the government's being propped up right now by the NDP, the NDP support and, and Jagmeet Singh's March 1 deadline for passing pharmacare legislation is, is looming. Can the Liberals survive without the NDP? Well, the first thing is that... <laughs> the the first question is maybe whether uh, can the um, the 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 liberals the the, the government survive without the uh, the formal agreement with the uh, the ndp that they signed in march 2022 and here the answer is yet uh, is yes <laughs> and it's yes because um uh, as jack mit singh said yesterday even if the agreement falls apart they could still support the liberals in a confidence vote but they will have to bargain for you know to they will have to basically the liberals will have to bargain uh, on each vote to get support from the ndp but even if the ndp will not um, reach an agreement with the, um, the the liberals on a confidence vote they could turn to the bloc um the bloc quebecois so that could be a possibility uh, and 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 so they they have one more than one potential dance partner, if you want, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just the NDP. It's uh, in terms of the number of seats, the Liberals only need the support of one of the main opposition parties uh, to uh, to stay alive alive in the context of a, a, a confidence vote. Um, and so, even if the agreement falls apart, um, and even if the NDP doesn't co uh, collaborate with the Liberals. And, and the, the, the NDP, if they don't agree to collaborate with the Liberals and, and vote to support them, to prompt them in a confidence vote after the budget, for example, uh, then they could, the Liberals could turn to the bloc, for example. It doesn't mean it will work, but they could try. 
Well, recent uh, polls we're looking at here federally uh, showing declining support for the Liberal Party and the Conservatives in the lead at this point. Is there one main factor, Daniel, or what factors do you believe are driving this shift? Oh, there are uh, several factors. Of course, the Liberals have been in power for a long time. Um, and the longer you stay in power, the, the, you know, the longer you have to, you know, you make decisions that are that alienate some constituencies mm-hmm. over time, right? So there are places or people who, who really were people who don't like the, the, the liberals at all, and it's been the case for a long time, but people who voted for them, um, even at the last two elections, some of them are turning away from the liberals because they are, you know, suffering um, in terms of their current economic situation, the, cr- the cost of living crisis, uh, they are not satisfied with what the liberals have done. Um, but it's not just about policies. It's also about the way the, the prime minister and, and um, his cabinet ministers communicate. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's their image that has uh, suffered over time and a series of affairs, too, right? So I think support for, for the liberals has uh, eroded over time. Even, you know, it's, of course, recently it's been, it's been bad, but... Um, I think you can go back to uh, even before the 2019 elections, we had the SNC-Lavalin affair mm-hmm. we, and, and so forth. So I think that it, it's, it's been a gradual process, but it has accelerated, uh, um, um, I would say, in last year. And, and, and it's still, I think the liberals are still uh, in a very difficult situation in terms of the polls. So if, if we had elections, say, tomorrow, it's the, the conservatives will have a, a very high, you know, chance of of winning and not just winning a minority government but having a majority government and on that note daniel i mean the next federal election it's not till october 2025 so can and if he can what does justin trudeau need to do in order to right the ship and correct course or does he need to step aside well that's a very good question so if justin trudeau stays it will be hard uh, if he leaves, uh, if he steps down, it will be hard for the Liberals. Uh, either way, it's difficult for the Liberals because you look at the potential, uh, you know, candidates uh, for a leadership race, a Liberal leadership race. You look at cabinet minister, uh, cabinet ministers like um, Christia uh, Freeland, or you look at, at outsiders like Mark Carney. I mean, it's not sure that any of these people will actually do better than Justin Trudeau at a general election. Even if Trudeau is, uh, is unpopular, um, you know, it, it's, it, it will be a gamble to, uh, to replace him. At the same time, if he stays there, obviously, uh, it, it's an up, uphill battle uh, either way. Um, and so um, it's, it's a dilemma for, for the Liberals. I, I heard that Justin Trudeau really seriously considered resigning in, in the late fall, but was convinced by a cabinet minister to stay. Um, but uh, he could still step down. Um, but the, the tension with the NDP right now over the supply and confidence agreement, if this agreement falls, uh, falls apart, uh, it will create more instability in the minority parliament. And then if the liberals want to have a leadership race, uh, it will, you know, be a bit, it will be riskier than if they still have an agreement with the NDP, because, of course, they need time to elect a new leader if Justin Trudeau steps down. So I'm not sure if he will do that, frankly. 
but if he does, it doesn't mean that it will, uh, it will really save the Liberals. Thank you so much for your insight this morning, Daniel. We appreciate it. You're most welcome. Have a nice day. You too. That is Danielle Bilan, professor of political science from McGill University. Canada needs more skilled workers in the trade sector, and registration for apprenticeships is now the highest it's been in 10 years, since 2014. Joining us to discuss the surge is Jim Soutner, SAIT's Dean of Apprenticeship. Good morning to you, and welcome to the program, Jim. Thank you. Good morning to you as well. Let's talk about it before we get into the fact that, you know, the registration is up and, and who should be registering. Tell us about the apprenticeship enrollment program. Yeah, for sure. So uh, apprenticeship programs are typically synonymous with uh, the skilled trades here in Alberta. So uh, at state, we offer skill or training in the skilled trades for about 27 different trades. So these would be folks who are working in uh, the sectors like the construction construction sector as carpenters, as electricians, uh, people in the motor power sector working as automotive service technicians, heavy equipment technicians. So it's those types of folks that are in those jobs that typically enter into the skilled trades. And typically how that goes is it's a combination of work and learning. So a, uh, an apprentice would work on the job for about 10 months of the year, and then they would attend school for two months of the year to complete each period of, of their technical training. And typically an apprenticeship would last for about four years. So they, they would be repeat that cycle for four years. Jim, this may be a silly question, but do I have to you know, think to myself, oh, I'm really good with my hands. This would be for me. Like, well, what, what if I don't have any sort of expertise in that or I don't even know? Like, how do you know if you're a good person to go into the trades? Well, exactly. Like, so um, if, 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 if you do enjoy working with your hands, if you do enjoy seeing sort of like the fruits of your labor at the end of, end of the day, uh, a skilled trade could, could very well be a uh, career that you would be interested in. Um, we find people who, who come into the skilled trades come, come from all different sort of uh, backgrounds and, and, and walks of life. Uh, folks who have, uh, you know, experience, say, working on, on a farm or, or an agriculture, you know, they, they were sort of immersed in that. And also they, they discovered, hey, I, I like, you know, when I, when I came out to the field and the tractor wasn't working and I was able to do some work on it, and now it's, you know, able to run again. Or, you know, people who enjoy doing, um, you know, kids building Lego blocks and building little houses, and all of a sudden they, they, they kind of get that little bit of joy from doing that. And all of a sudden now they're interested in becoming uh, carpenters or, or perhaps machinists where they get to build and create and craft. So it's really uh, uh, along those lines of discovery that, that, that people do throughout their, you know, whether it's their childhood or, or their careers as they transition careers into finding what works for them, find where their passion is, and perhaps one of the skilled trades is for them. And we talk a lot when we talk about the trades, the carpenters, electricians, other skilled trades, about the job placement and the percentage. Not that you have the stats right in front of you, but these are jobs that you, you graduate, and there's a better than not chance that you're going to find a job. Aren't these those, those type of jobs, Jim? These, yeah. So um, I I would actually suggest that, that these are more than than jobs. These are these are these are careers. These are um, you know, careers that, that, that people can, can enter into and can spend a significant amount of time uh, going, uh, going through that, uh, that career in the, in the skilled trades that can then lead to 
potentially other, you know, further future advancements, you know, where we see a, a number of people in the skilled trades become small business owners. Perhaps they open up their own shop. Maybe they you know, <clears throat> graduate through the trades and become a manager. Maybe they come here and start to teach at state and start to give back to the uh, apprenticeship community. So what I re- really encourage people to think about is that this is a career, not just a job. Yeah, and you know, it's one where, Jim, you can potentially be your own boss too, right? I mean, you don't have to work for somebody else. That's the beautiful thing about being in the trades is you can have your own company and, and do very, very well because they're always going to be needed, these folks in the trades. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've we've seen a number of our graduates uh, complete their programs at SAIT and then uh, perhaps gain some, some more experience in the field and then they uh, decide to go out on their own and uh, start their own company and now you know they, they they go from you know from being a job taker to being a job maker and they create more opportunity for folks to enter into the skilled trades and and um you know provide value to our to our communities jim can we talk about the way the calendar works at sate i know we're talking to you middle of february and traditionally we think about you know september for the start uh, yep. of, of a new program is this something that we should be keeping our eyes and preparing for september or are there certain programs within the apprenticeship uh, under the apprenticeship umbrella that you can start at different times of the year yeah thanks for that question so um typically throughout the uh the the year we'll, we'll have what we call five major intakes so during that time, we'll intake anywhere between 1,000 to 1,500 apprentices in, in a variety of different trades. And uh, they would happen typically every two months. So here in the middle of February, we're actually uh, approaching the end of one of our intakes. So at the beginning of March or, or at the end of next week, we'll have about 1,500 apprentices complete. And then at the beginning of March, we'll have uh, another 12 or 1,500 come into seat to start their eight-week journey with us. So with the apprenticeship training, it, it doesn't follow that traditional school year where, um, you know, you're typically in school from September to the end of June. Um, we bring in, in intakes continuously, roughly about uh, one intake every eight weeks. Amazing. Online, sate.ca, S-A-I-T, sate.ca. Thanks so much for joining us, Jim. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Jim Sautner is Sate's Dean of Apprenticeship. And registration is open, and you need to sign up pretty quickly if you want to check out Sport Calgary's All Sport One City event. Joining us is President and CEO of Sport Calgary, and of course, decorated Olympic speed skater Katrina LeMaydone. Hi, Katrina. Hi, good morning. Hey, tell us a little bit about this event. I mean, I know you've been doing it for a while, but maybe people have not heard mm-hmm. about, you know, a Sport Calgary's All Sport One City. What is it? Yeah, for sure. So a lot of people have heard of All Sport One Day, which is what we do twice in the summer. That's our free sport discovery for kids. All Sport One City we've been doing, as you mentioned, for a few years. It's our free sport discovery for adults. Uh, But not just adults, they're family events as well. And what we know is that, I mean, sport is so important for our social, mental, physical health. But what we found was that when parents and families were bringing kids to these free sport discoveries, the parents were going, I actually would like to try this. And what we want to do is just show Calgarians what is out there. We have so many different types of sports. We have uh, fitness classes and everything is free. And so we go until Monday. So if you go to our website, if you go to sportcalgary.ca or allsportonecity.ca, you can see what's around like in all quadrants of the city and again just continue to do all of them until monday and then uh there might be a fit for you and you can figure out where you want to go maybe you're the next uh you know masters world champion 
It's Fantastic. very possible. Look at Ann. Looking at Andy right now. I have, I have explosive speed, Katrina, and my calves are on point. But uh, let's say I know we've only got about three minutes, and the yeah. list is not a short one. Can you give us some examples of these different sports? Because it's not uh, two or three, is it? No. And, I mean, you know, people talk about cricket and how it's an emerging sport. There's also Women's Cricket League and Women's Lacrosse League. And so, you know, there are so many different options. There's learn to skate. Again, there's fitness classes. There are different martial arts. Um, and there's there's literally something for everybody. The Horseshoe Club is absolutely incredible. Um, and again, we have family events, especially on Family Day as well. And what a weekend to be able to sort of showcase different sports for you to try when we have the World Speed Skating Championships, we have a World Cup freestyle out wind sport, the Scotties are happening. And so, you know, we talk about being inspired and being motivated. So, you know, take in some action and then go do some action yourself. It's there's it's literally that we're a sport city this weekend. We always are, but even more than ever. Mm-hmm. Katrina, Andy's kids play sports. My kids play sports. I know your kids play sports. Talk about yeah. for you how important sport was and, and look at, it still continues to be, right? Mm-hmm. It it does. I mean, I, I shouldn't throw the old lady in there, but I always do. I play old lady <laughs> hockey, old lady ringette, and I just, you know, a group of us started playing pickleball. But being active, I mean, stats show that as soon as kids see parents being active, they will continue in that lifestyle for life. And again, we're wanting the youth to be inspired because we want kids to dream big. But what we want is we want a healthy lifestyle. We want sport for life. And it also shows on women's side, women who are in leadership uh, positions in business, 95% of them came from being active and came Mm -hmm. from sport. It teaches us life lessons. And so, you know, it's it's something that we should continue to do. And as we get more stressed and as we get busier, that gets put aside. It's our health. Mm-hmm. And so we as we as citizens and we as you know, business people, we need to make sure that our teams stay healthy as well. And so this should be something that we push. And this sampling, kind of like, excuse the, I always bring it back to food, by the way, Katrina. You know, that'd be a couple times. I like that. That's it's, good. It's, it's kind of like the buffet of sports in that there's, as a parent, as you know, Katrina, and this must be equally frustrating, more frustrating even for somebody like yourself, an elite, an Olympian. Uh, when you sign your kids up for something and it's a six-week thing and week two, they don't want any part mm-hmm. of it because they did yeah. not have the same level of enthusiasm. It was not how they expected it. So that's what makes this, yeah. in my mind, fantastic. Well, and that's that's the point is you don't want kids to then turn away. So this is a way to introduce it. And, you know, most clubs, it's having a conversation then with the club. If your child or if you were interested, how do you try it a little longer? Mm. And most of the clubs then have equipment. We have the broomball club. I went and played ball. Okay, we went and played. And... Uh, you don't need equipment. They will get you the equipment for the entire year. So, you know, there are ways to do it financially. Um, you can talk to the organizations because we know that finances are a barrier and we don't want it to be. So there are ways around that as well. Katrina and I played broomball together in yep. this and she is vicious. Don't go up against oh. her. No, I'm telling you. Ooh. She's, no, I'm kidding. Just kidding. But that's the fun part, right? Is that you can, you can go with a girlfriend, you can go with your kids, you can go with a partner. I mean, and do yep. all, I'm on the website, sportcalgary.ca and just a first, you know, the three sessions, orienteering, fencing, taekwondo, yoga. I mean, it's what? literally anything yep. and everything for us to be able to experience it just for one day to see if, oh, maybe that's, you know, sparks yep. a little bit in our kids or in us and we want to go further with it. 
and it's all free and you can keep doing sessions all the way till Monday and it you don't I mean trust me everybody who's going out and doing this they haven't done it before mm -hmm. so you can be vulnerable yeah, with a whole yeah. bunch of other people there's no level of of I won't be good at this that doesn't matter fantastic uh, incredible stuff and you've got the website here as well sport calgary.ca slash allsport one city and allsport one city.ca thank you so much for your time yeah i appreciate it thanks you guys and everybody sign up and go get active for thursday to monday and yes. then beyond let us know where you're going we're going to come and compete against you <laughs> well, i already uh, saw you on ice <laughs> oh you're right never mind i'll be eating popcorn on the sidelines <laughs> cheering you both on thank you so much katrina thanks you guys have a great day Katrina Maidone, president and CEO of Sport Calgary.